Hey, powerful professionals. Welcome to Issues in Black and White, where we discuss key values and social issues. Today, we're going to talk about discipline, uh, which is the practice of training oneself or others to obey rules or a code of behaviour. La, discipline. Mm. This was one you really wanted to talk about, so you can start us off. Yeah, I really wanted to talk about it because I feel like, for me, my approach to my own life... I take a very disciplined approach. And also when I think about when I was a teacher um, in secondary schools, I kept quite high standards Mm -hmm. and I was quite disciplined with my students in the way that we met those standards. So -hmm. I think that's why it matters to me. I feel like it's a strand of my approach to life. What do you mean by like? Do you think that high standards and discipline are one and the same? Or I I believe I do because I believe that in order to maintain high standards, you need to be quite disciplined. There needs to be a drive towards not necessarily achievement, but towards putting in effort mm. um, for a desired outcome, whatever mm. that is. And I think in order to, especially, and I'll use my experience as a tutor, um, I spoke to my students a lot about what they wanted to achieve. And that didn't, that wasn't in line with what they wanted to become. It's a very different Mm -hmm. thing. But for that term, what did they want to achieve? And it became as simple as one student saying, I don't want to get a detention this term. Mm -hmm. And now that is quite a hard thing for some students to do. And when you think about the student that says it, you start to realise why they're saying it. So actually they realise that having those detentions or whatever has affected their reputation in the school. And they've just decided, you know what, miss, I just don't want to get any detentions this term. So going from having 14 the previous term to having none this term. Now, that's a big leap for that particular student. And I would say to them, right, we've got to be quite disciplined then. There are some things that you can no longer get involved in. When everyone's turning around and having a chat, you need to be facing your books. That is discipline. Mm. And so for me, I think that um, being able to speak quite clearly about this isn't going to be easy to be Mm. able to achieve that outcome. You do actually need to be quite strict with yourself yeah, so that's what I would say discipline nice. is for me. Mm. It's really it's really nice that you talk about that in terms of your relationship with students because I think discipline can sometimes be... Discipline in schools, the word discipline in relation to schools sometimes conjures images of, you know, very draconian, yeah. Victorian, this is the way it's done, this is what I say you need to do, so do it kind of um, attitudes. And unfortunately, there's, a, there's some teachers who still do try to discipline students like that. And I say try to because it doesn't usually work. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so it's really nice to hear actually what you're talking about in terms of discipline in schools is not actually disciplining the students, but teaching them how to discipline themselves. Absolutely. But then the other thing is, and this is where it, it, it becomes a challenge for the student, is that once you've shared what it is you want to do, we're going to for it together. Mm. so obviously these are teenagers right like 11 12 year olds they fall off halfway through the term but when they find that actually they've shared it now and they've got a teacher that is holding them to account 
and reminding them of that, that's where the rift comes in. That's where the challenge comes in. And that's what's always been my challenge with my students is I don't give up on it, but they do. And Mm -hmm. so when I'm trying to pull them back on it, come on, you said this is what you wanted to achieve. Let's go. There's a there's a bit of a rift between us because for them it's like how dare you miss you know hold me to account and this is my thing and now I'm not doing it anymore so that's on me and and then actually it's like no that's not discipline yeah and I think one of the ways that I try to establish relationships through that because I let them know I know this is difficult for you to take and I know this is difficult for you to handle Mm. but I let them know the instances where I've had to employ those same methods in my own life and the benefits that it has reaped as a result of that Mm. and as hard as it is to hear from an adult when they're like but you know this is the situation and this is (laughs) as hard as it is for them to hear that yes exactly um some students get on board and some students don't but what's great though is that their outcomes or their goals get better and better Mm-hmm. every single time even yeah. if they they stop and they falter their outcomes get better there's also a question for them as well of if miss is holding me accountable then that means I've failed so I've had to have quite open conversations as a tutor with them about failure mm-hmm. and why failure is really important to have early on um because for me a lot of my failures I experienced in my 20s which for me was really hard to bear. Whereas if I had experienced them around their age, potentially would have had a different response to them later on in life. I think that's so true about failure and discipline and how they go hand in hand. Because I was the same. I didn't really have any real failures until I was maybe 18, 19, 20. And, um, and maybe maybe failure, whenever it comes, is formative, whether it comes at 12 or, or 18 or 25. But I think I looking back and reflecting, that's probably because I simply wasn't ambitious enough mm. at younger ages. You know, I wasn't ambitious enough to, to try out for things or push myself more than I needed to at a younger age. Um, and I'm, I'm very fortunate that I was able to get through school without having to push myself further than I did. Um but yeah, I think there's something to be said for that, like ambition and discipline. If you if you if you if you want to be ambitious, you have to learn how to be disciplined. Um, and and we should all be trying to be ambitious, and we should all be being ambitious for our students. Absolutely, and I think as well, like I think we need to reframe what ambition is, and we need mm-hmm. to understand that it is very much relative to yes. the individual. So a student who never got a detention in my tutor group couldn't make an aim that they weren't going yeah, to get a detention totally. the next term. For me, it was about what, where are you and what it, is it that you are aiming towards? And it's interesting, actually, because the students who were doing well in school academically, mm. some of them would set goals that were actually outside of school. Mm-hmm. So some students were setting goals like, I want to spend 10 hours working in, with this particular part of the community. Mm-hmm. and then it's like okay how are you going to go about that because 10 hours is quite a lot you've only got four weeks to do it in how are you going to divide your time and having those conversations with my tutees it's 
honestly the most empowering. And them I think- thinking about not just what they could do for themselves, but also what they could do for others and having that focused time to do that is just developing some disciplined yeah. students who can become leaders in the future. And yeah. I think we need to stop being afraid of that word, discipline. And you're right about the draconian style. And actually, it is just the style. Mm-hmm. I use the draconian style. I'm very militant in the way that I express how disciplined a student needs to be at any given time. And so it doesn't mean I go around shouting at students or anything like that, but it's just I hold them to a standard and I don't move that standard. That's a draconian yeah. style, would we say? Um, I think I think that there are I think you can have you can have a high standard and hold them to that standard without being militant. Interesting. Because I think that there, I think I, I, I actually think probably you are less militant than you think you are. Maybe I don't know. I've never. I don't think I've ever seen you actually discipline a student. Yeah. <laughs> to use that word, but um, in the you know, I think I think there's a. I always try and approach it in a from a mutual respect kind of way. That mm. kind of I, I try to treat them as adults, and that I would never say to an adult, "These are the rules. These are my rules. Do as I say." I would always say you know, what's wrong or yeah. why Why are you behaving like this? Or, you know, what's the, give me some background. Let's have a conversation about it. And then of course, you know, mm. really whatever they say, the answer is always going to be, be that as it may. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite phrase. Yes. Um, these are the rules, do as I say. But it's, it's, it's about, I suppose it's about framing, framing that yeah. Conan militant, a little bit more maybe that's interesting you know the thing is um I I hear exactly what you mean in terms of what's going on and so forth and I think in in the tutor angle um I very much try and establish a collaborative way of looking at what we're trying to achieve for the next term in terms of behavior in terms of effort maybe even in terms of grades if the students want to go that far or in terms of their reports or whatever but I think as an English teacher so that's a bit separate isn't it in my classroom I worked at a school that had a whole school behavior management um, policy that followed the acronym LEARN and it was about different aspects of um, the expectations that they would um, have so making sure they come into school on time making sure they're putting in effort making sure they get to their lessons on time and they have the equipment that they're supposed to have and so forth. And for me, um, well, yeah, this is the rule. This is it. Like, if a student consistently didn't have their equipment, I'm not going to ask them why they don't have their equipment, because they have a school shop with the equipment at a very cheap price. They literally sell pencil cases with pens, pencil, Mm -hmm. rubber, ruler, etc. for like 50p or a pound 50 or whatever. So for me, there is actually no excuse. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally understand what you mean there. I, I suppose in that situation, you wouldn't have to say... There's nothing to discuss. Why didn't you have you? In that situation, I would say, I think it's about... I think the key thing is that, that some teachers miss is that students need to understand why the rule is there. Yes. I think that's really important. And sometimes that has to come from the teacher. Yes. In, in better schools, that comes from... The school. 
the, the school itself, the yeah. culture, it's already it's already kind of embedded there. Yeah, um, I understand. But I think that. that's the key thing. I think that's what I'm talking about. Is yeah. that kind of sense of look? You know, you need your equipment because we're now doing an activity with a ruler, and you don't have a ruler, <laughs> so you can't learn. Yeah, that's the conversation. Yeah, and there is no excuse for that because no. you've got and, and you know them presenting the solutions. You've got the shop, you've got the thing, and you know the rule. You've now got. Detention, detention or whatever it is yeah and I think what's really interesting about what you said is that you know in some schools it comes from the teacher and I think this is where sometimes it can be really challenging if you are holding students to high standards but they are going to another classroom yeah in that same day that that standard being isn't being held yeah. and there are some rules as well maybe that I feel aren't as important like for example the way students do their hair right mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. a rule that has actually got some students excluded and that's um, really upsetting for me because my question is why have we ascribed such great importance to that mm. that's my view okay I agree um and I also think that as a result sometimes it can end up being racist <laughs> Mm-hmm. basically yeah, and so for me those kind of rules don't matter but things that are to do with um your um time that you spend on a particular task the effort that you spend on a particular task, your equipment etc those things matter so if they matter to me the way I'm going to express them will have that strict nature mm-hmm. so I don't want to judge too much the, the parent the teachers sorry that don't hold those standards because they may have just decided that those things don't matter as much to them however if there is a whole school behavior policy in place I would argue that everyone has to follow those yeah at I totally least. agree um, I totally agree you have to you have to you you can't create a culture um you can't create any sort of system without everyone being on board yeah and it's very hard to get 80 plus teachers all to sing from exactly the same hymn sheet yeah um but it's necessary and i think what you're saying about rules that you disagree with especially on a principle ba- principle basis yeah i think then the situation there is that you as a teacher should feel empowered to go and talk to those in charge about that rather than undermine it to the students agreed agreed yes Um, you know yes try and change that and I think that's important you know if you're in a school and you do have a rule that you just disagree with especially if it's on principal grounds try and get that rule changed but don't spend your time undermining a rule with the kids that's not going to get you anywhere agreed agreed it's going to in fact you'll lose respect from the kids as well you're listening to issues in black and white another thing isn't it is is that about that kind of mutual respect thing teenagers are very astute Hmm. um you know they know they know if you're trying to enforce a rule you don't agree with they know when you're they know when you do agree with the rule they know when you don't yeah um sometimes i play on that a bit sometimes i'll be like i know it seems silly right now i know that in the grand scheme of things this doesn't seem that important but we're doing it yeah because it's the rule and i follow the rules and i'm gonna make you follow the rules sometimes i do that um and that's about relationships and I think you know we can that's a whole other thing isn't it students. yeah relationships with students is a whole other thing but I think what you're talking about there is what discipline is Mm. we don't agree with every Mm -hmm. single rule discipline we don't yet we're disciplined enough to do it have to be yes and I think about the things that I've done in my life and I still want to do if I do not apply discipline as a value, a principle, 
as a practice, as an approach, there's many things I wouldn't be able to do. So true. There's many and, things. And that's exactly what discipline is, isn't it? It's doing the things that don't feel comfortable or enjoyable in the moment. Absolutely. In order to reach a particular goal. Absolutely. In the future. And it's also, I think, you know, and I don't want to generalise too much, but I know that the word discipline makes people feel uncomfortable sometimes. Mm. And I just really want to say that, you know, don't. Don't feel uncomfortable with being disciplined. It's fine. and you it It's great. It's, I believe so. And actually, I was going to say this about you as well, Lara. Like, you are so disciplined. I don't even think you realise how disciplined you, you are. Do you think? Yes, you are. When I think about the way... Being organised to the level that you are organised is <laughs> discipline. You yeah. have trained your mind mm-hmm. and your uh, approach into patterns of behaviour that don't move you're disciplined with your fitness you're disciplined with your yoga you're disciplined with your veganism you're disciplined with your time management on becoming a um, head of department like you're literally disciplined you may not want to call it that because it sounds like such a harsh kind of stoic approach but the truth is that is the principle you apply. It's so, it's so interesting because if you would say to me, are oh, you a disciplined person? I'd say, no, no. I, I, I would like to be more disciplined. I, do, I just, I, I don't have a problem with the word disciplined. I completely agree that some people do. I don't, I, I, I would be proud to be considered a disciplined person. I'm, I'm proud to hear you say those mm. things about me. And actually hearing you say those things about me, all those things you said, I'm like, yeah, actually you're right. All yeah. those things are about discipline. Absolutely. So that's great. Thanks. Thanks you know, yeah, yeah. And like, I'll take it. No, it's true. And, and, and being disciplined with money, all of these aspects, in order to become disciplined, you need to learn it. You need oh, to and, work and actually, it. This was one of the things I wanted to talk about, actually, yeah. was how do you, because you're super disciplined. And I think that, you know, that's come, actually, I, I do often think that English graduates are particularly uh, disciplined because I think, or, or arts graduates, because of the, I don't know about you, but I think university is often the time that lots of people learn to be disciplined interesting um and because you have to manage your own time because you have to manage your own time and as art students we have so little contact time and so much work outside of that contact time you have to be very good at managing your your own time the free time in inverted commas but you're particularly disciplined uh, and i think again that's not just because you're an art student but because of the career that you're now in yeah with you know academia doing a i mean you have to be so disciplined to do a phd oh my god and you're (laughs) always juggling so many balls and you never drop any of them and that is super that's not true i do drop them well I never it's not it's not like it's not like me to drop them but I do right. sometimes yeah okay. yeah well you're human yeah but what, what I most admire about you and your discipline is how disciplined you are in your self-improvement yeah. you're so self-reflective and so self-aware of where you want to go and how you want to get there whereas I think my discipline is often maybe not reactive but kind of responsive to mm. what's in front of me whereas mm. you always know where your discipline's coming next and mm. that's always super impressive mm. so my question is yeah how if you if someone is listening to this podcast and they're thinking well I want to be more disciplined right I want to start a business or I want to do this with my yeah. free time I want to stop being on Instagram so much and I want to actually focus my mind yes what's the advice we're going to give them I think the advice I would give would be based on time truly I would just say that you have to decide how you're going to use your time if you decide how you're going to use your time you will reach a point of discipline the so reason why I say time? that uh, yes, but I think it first starts off with what your ideas are of time in the first place. 
We need to decide on how important time is to us. If time is important to you, you will not spend time on Instagram or all your time on Instagram. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. You do need to decide how important it is to you. That's number one. Then you need to decide how important the tasks are to you as well. Mm-hmm. Something that I personally do is write down all the tasks that I have to do. Mm-hmm. And this isn't within a day. Okay. This is just all the tasks I have to do. And then I just, I prioritize yeah. the ones that are most Such important, important to me and the ones I'm going to approach and address um, at any given time. Um, while I was a teacher, I didn't have Instagram. I didn't mm-hmm. have Twitter. <laughs> and actually, I feel like I that wasn't a good approach. I think sometimes you do need to be able to have all of those things to create networks and learn Mm -hmm. from other people online and stuff like that so I wouldn't completely disband it and I feel like I'm learning to manage how to do my daily tasks and have that at the same Mm. time um but again I wanted to say this point there are some things you may have to give up Mm. in order to use your time well Mm -hmm. um and then once you've prioritized so you've decided how important time is to you then you've prioritised your tasks. I think as a teacher specifically, especially the training teachers, um, two things about time that were said to me in my training year that have stuck with me is one, teaching will take the time that you give it. Time is important, but not just important for the tasks you have to do. It's also yeah. important for your well-being. So you need to manage that mm. in the sense of if you keep giving that particular lesson plan, all your time or that particular class or whatever it is you're you're doing then you're not actually giving yourself time mm-hmm. which is not healthy yeah mm-hmm. and then the second thing that was said to me was never take longer than it takes to teach the lesson to plan the lesson yeah and again it's the same kind of principle so what i mean about your attitude to time you've got to have so those are the two things that helped me as a teacher mm. when I saw myself taking two hours for a one hour lesson I was like nope this yeah. has got to stop and even though and that's got that's a discipline yes. you've got to learn that yes and it dealt with my perfectionist yeah aspect as well because that was mm. what was making me spend too much time so yeah so decide what you feel about time prioritize your time and then set clear things that you're going to do to approach each thing Mm, within the time that you can do it within the time you allot so there are some things that I do habitually let's take this podcast for example we -hmm. come together we have a set date and we have a set time that doesn't move so anything else I want to do needs to happen around that totally I totally agree with everything you said I think um habit it's so important for discipline, so important. And I think I think it's about recognising that habit takes a long time to build. Yes. Um, they say that it takes three months to build a habit. And I don't know about you, but I have in my lifetime built habits and it's taken me three months. Sometimes I've broken them as well. But actually, in the process of building one habit, I then find the next habit much easier to build. Yeah. Because my I've disciplined my mind to learn how to form a habit. And then I can apply that to other habits as well. Yeah. So you definitely have to give it that time. I'd also say that um, uh, I think that there's something to be said about rewards. And some people believe in um, in taking away things. They call it a commitment device that you 
you hurt yourself, not actually hurt yourself, but you put yourself at a disadvantage um, if you don't meet your goals or you don't uh, stay as disciplined as you wanted to. Um, so, for example, if you don't um, do the task you wanted to do, then you have to give away some money or uh, you don't get to eat the dinner you wanted to eat or something like that. I personally don't believe in that. I don't think punishment works. It doesn't work for me anyway. But reward has certainly helped. And that sense of kind of, okay, so I've got this number of things I need to do. I I am intrinsically motivated to do them, but perhaps the habits haven't formed well enough yet that that intrinsic motivation is enough to actually get me over the finish line. Mm-hmm. Therefore, is there another external reward I can kind of add on top of that, like can work? Um, I often find that rewards come from come from the feeling of achievement. Mm-hmm. So that's where I get my satisfaction Mm -hmm. so I often will write a list you know you were saying writing all the things you have to do Mm. I often will do that and I'll include things I've already done or things Mm. that I know will not take me very long at all interesting and then I can cross them off almost straight away Mm. or I put them right at the bottom of the priorities list or I'll put lists on there that are right things on there that are right at the bottom of the priorities list but I'll include them anyway because it looks like I've got loads to do and then when I achieve one or two things I'm like yeah you feel really proud Yeah. yeah Um, even though I know I have no intention of completing probably half of that list ever, mm. <laughs> but still, you know, um, those are the, it's just such small things. But I think that those are some some of the things that that can work. You're listening to issues in black and white. I think Somehow. one of the ways I need to develop my um, discipline is by picking the things that I find harder to do and doing them first. Um, eating frogs for breakfast that's exactly what I was just about to say yeah Yeah, eat your frogs for breakfast and I think that yeah that's the thing that I think needs to develop my discipline a little bit more Um, Mm. I would say that the optimum level of discipline is being able to do the things you don't want to do first and doing them well yeah Um, I mean that's a journey though right I think I think the fact that we're at that stage, I think we can be quite proud of that. that yeah. We're wanting to get to that point. But I think it can, because it can work the other way. You know, you can get such motivation from doing the small tasks that you then, you do them first and that can be helpful. But I totally agree. That's, I, I've conditioned myself too much to work in that way. Yeah. Where I do the little things first and then I'm like, woo, I'm taking stuff off. Yeah. yeah. And then by the time I get to the big jobs, I'm, I'm burned out or yeah. I've got no more time or I just leave them or... Yeah. I've, they're I've, not as good because they're not as effective because yeah. it's the end of the day or whatever you know things like that yeah and and for me I think for me I think where we're different is um procrastination I, I don't see you as someone that procrastinates I procrastinate horrendously do you oh geez it is the <laughs> biggest threat to my discipline and my discipline's wow. nature biggest threat to my discipline what nature. do you procrastinate on everything <laughs> everything <laughs> it's one of those things where I could um I know that this task might take me 10 minutes but I'll just leave it for an hour oh mate I am it's, so and you're not you could get no. all your tasks done in the first part of the day and and that's and that's why that point I said about deciding what you feel about time is really important yeah because especially in this lockdown I think that I've found myself feeling like I have more time than I do mm-hmm. or I did and so I'm doing things kind slower. of sporadically <laughs> yeah and much slower but it's really interesting because I do not procrastinate like if I'm going to get a job done I just get it done you do it, I don't yeah. want this you know like 
I can't have this hanging over me. Yeah, exactly. So I do it. But then with the time that I then save by being efficient, I spend doing that all. Interesting. So I'll watch Netflix. Yeah. Or, you know, I'll get longer of an evening to watch Netflix or something. Like I don't do anything extra and useful with, with that. the time. Interesting. And that's where what I need to work on mm. to be disciplined mm. and to really further myself and mm. myself improving. This is what I, I admire so much in you. Yeah. Is that with that gained time that I get for my efficiency, I need to work more on more important, bettering, useful things. Things, yeah. Um, but I also think there's a limit, you know, what you're talking about with time and as a teacher, there being a limit, you know, I think possibly I, I expend more energy in, in my efficiency, which means I need more chill out time after. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I'm not, I, I'm not sure how much more of capacity I have to fill that time. That's fine. I and I think as yeah, well, that point you make about capacity is so important. You do need to know what your capacity is and stick mm. within that. And not try and pick up too much for the sake of picking things up just to fill the time. Mm. It's got to be about what you can do and what you feel passionate about doing in that time. And again, prioritising your health and well-being um, is really, really important and something I've had to learn. And Mm. I would just advise new teachers to make sure they take on from the beginning um, because burnout is not beautiful. Trust me. Um, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed this um, episode, Powerful Professionals. Send us your thoughts on Twitter or Instagram. That's at issues in B and W. We look forward to continuing the discussion over the course of the week and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.